Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Great. Before we get into baby talk and catch up, should we hit our ads? <laughs> sure. How, how do you know we're not going to talk about mustard? What do you, What do you mean? Well, you said ketchup. Oh, geez. Just because I'm think, a dad. Just because I'm think. a dad now, you're going to bust out the dad jokes. I got some good dad jokes, actually. I. Why like, am I not okay. surprised? Okay. Um, real water sports. Hell yeah! It's dude. What do you know about Cyber Surfboard Monday? One hundred dollars off any surfboard purchased on Cyber Monday, November 29th. Stock boards or custom orders. All at realwatersports.com. I have a feeling for these past two months, listeners have been hearing these uh, advertisements for real water sports. They've been perusing the website. They fantasized about getting a surfboard during that giveaway. And now they're locked in on what they want. Good news. They get to save a hundred bucks on it on Cyber Monday. Hell yeah. Real water sports. They're cyber surfboard Monday, November 29th, hundred bucks off. Are you kidding me? Guess what you're going to do with that hundred bucks? Buy some uh, Christmas gifts. Oh, buy, fins. Some, buy okay. some killer got fins. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Real water sports. The gift that keeps on giving. Um, we obviously need essentials has been with us for years. You always talk about their dry uh, bag. You know, yep. it I think you call it a wet bag. I don't know if it's called a wet dry bag. The point is it can get wet. It keeps all of your things dry. I posted um, an Instagram in the hospital, bringing our baby home and somebody replied and they said, Hey, congrats. Just a quick little dad trick. I use the wet dry bag as my, as my diaper bag for my twins. Oh, that's going to smell wonderful. Yeah. But you can hose it out. That's the thing. You can hose that thing out, you know? Exactly. So Neat Essentials doing double duty, surf trips for dads, for moms, whoever. (laughs) Neat Essentials with a diaper bag. Who knew? Who knew? Add that to their website in their description for the product. Um, Neat Essentials, obviously, wetsuits, outerwear for the snow, for the mountains, everything that you need. Only the essentials, actually, all on one website. NeatEssentials.com, premium product at a uh, remarkably low price. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry, this thing holding open, it spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Corporate Death Burger? <laughs> That's not the name of my band. That's the name of the new Nazare event. Corporate Death Burger. Adios. And aloha. Yeah, friggin' guy. Yeah, guy. Guess what? It's Wednesday, November 3rd. I have Halloween candy in my mouth right now. And... We missed last week because you became a father. Congratulations, David. He is one week old to the day. I mean, it was 3.40 in the afternoon that he came, and it's noon right now. So in three hours and 40 minutes, he will be one week old. We can celebrate, Scott. Celebrate with Halloween candy. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm glad everything went well for you. And um, I'm stoked for you and Lauren and the both sides of the family. I imagine Lauren's parents are excited as well. 
They're very I know, excited. I know Everyone your parents are excited. I know your mom's they're, excited. They're ready. They're ready. They've waited 40 years for this, Scott. <laughs> That's like um, me. I'm catching a wave at Cardiff today. I waited 40 years. For- <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of waves, I was wondering if you were surfing. Last, so last week, first of all, we were at Hogue. I think I might have sent you a photo. The view from our hospital labor room First of all, this place, the square footage of this room was ridiculous. Uh, It was giant. And there was like three panel windows, floor to ceiling, overlooking Newport Beach. And I could see these swell lines. There was tons of swell running on uh, his birthday. And so there's these swell lines just rolling in, in between us and Catalina, just corduroy. And I'm like, man, this is just epic to watch from here. Then... It was actually, you could see the peaks breaking, the white water breaking. That's how good the view was. Then I'd scroll Instagram a few hours later and see all the dudes I know just getting shacked up and down Newport Beach. So it was kind of a surreal experience. Yeah, the waves were good last week, right? And kind of glassy a lot of the days all day long. And um, beautiful little early run, early wintertime run of surf. There was some south swell in that mix as well, but um, yeah. A lot of waves from a lot of different regions, and it was fun, super fun. So where'd you surf, and what were you riding? Oh, I just surfed a couple of little spots here in North San Diego County that I always that I always ride. And I've been riding that Channel Islands, that CI Mid that Devin Howard and Scott and those guys over there got for me. It's 7-1. And I'm really digging it. Devin and I went through some fin configurations together and I'm at a place now where I've got some a cool little fin set up for it. And uh, that's all I've been riding. I've just been cool. focusing on that, trying to kind of, you know, make it fit like a nice pair of jeans or a pair of slippers. And I'm really digging the board. Pretty psyched Good. on it. Yeah, I mean, last time we spoke, you had just received it and hadn't even waxed it up yet. So the feedback's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, mid-length for mid-life. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say mid-length, even for young life, that's really what most surfers, I mean, they need to consider more foam, period. Yeah. Um, what was the fin issue and how did you solve it? What'd you go through? Well, I don't know if it was an issue, but as you know, everyone's kind of got a different feel for what they like. So I had large... <laughs> side bites that Devin had sent me with the board that I showed you a couple weeks ago. So I got smaller side bites and I moved them forward a little bit. So the cl- they're not as clustered. There's a spread in the cluster. There you so go. Smaller side bites and separated from the fin, uh, the center fin. And um, I'm really digging it. I'm- so what, is, what was the difference? What difference did that make in performance? Um. That's a good question. I just felt like when they were really clustered that doing the roundhouses, like laying it out on rail, it felt kind of, um, I don't know. I just, what I know, I knew something was off. Like I could just tell that something was off and how to describe that. I'm not sure if I can do that with any sort of a plum, but um, when they spread out, it just, everything felt right. Like it just, it's feeling really good. Um, I wish I'm I could thinking, be more. I'm thinking, so when they're tightly clustered, it might have more tracking 
more feel of kind of a single fin and then spreading it out maybe gives you more power steering maybe you know um i'm just guessing it just when they were clustered it felt um like there was moments during the turn when it just felt like it wanted to do something else you know like there was like like maybe i don't want to say it was bogging but it was <clears throat> just it wasn't flowing through the rail turn really <laughs> you know without any question you know what i mean well these again we we have these conversations over the years but i think it's always important to reset the topic that you need to for listeners who think that they just got a bad board you know so many listeners and especially if it's glass ons um so many surfers just they think that's the way the board performs not realizing that you can adjust the performance with these subtle things yeah and it's not a subtle it's not a subtle adjustment to the performance of the board. It's a massive change, mm -hmm. a subtle move perhaps in what you do with the fin itself. But the change is noticeable. I mean, it's incredible. You know, fins are 90%. I mean, there's a big ton of, of performance that goes into um, fins and where you put the fins. So yeah, it's a big deal. And a lot of us, well, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'm sort of sloth like, if I get a board, put fins in it and it works, I'm not moving it. I'm not changing mm -hmm. it. You know, when I, in fact, I should probably move some stuff around and just see, maybe I'm at, it's, maybe I've got the situation in the worst possible scenario and, and a little change up is going to make a board that feels good, feel great. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, um, thankfully you have the resource of Devin to be, who is the designer of that board. Um, but I think most people have the access or hopefully they have access to a surfboard shaper. So I think that should be your go-to for who you would have this conversation with if a board isn't feeling great. The other thing that we've identified is uh, Jamin and Leif at NVS Fins. So they sponsor the podcast and they're fully accessible. I've had listeners tell or reach out to me and they say, hey, this is the board that I'm having shaped. What should I get? And I'm like, dude, I don't know, but talk to Jamin because he's actually willing to talk to you. Here's his email address. And inevitably they always reply and they say, holy cow, those guys walked me through everything. They gave me a few options, explained which each option would do in the water. And so don't be afraid to ask questions, I think is the answer. You know, you know, it's really interesting, at least from my perspective about NVS fins is, so I've got a drawer that you pull out and it's got all sorts of fins in it. I've got, obviously I've got futures and I've got FCS and I've got old lockbox fins and I've got futures or uh, fins unlimited fins for the Bane box. And, and I've got some wacky fins and I was looking through the fin box, my fin drawer the other day. And, um, and I came across some keels that those guys at NVS had sent me and no other fins in my fin drawer make me go, Oh my God, I want to ride these fins. I need to find a board for it. Usually it's the other way around. I'm like, Oh, I need look, look at this board. I need to go find some fins. I was literally tooling around and I pulled the fins out and I went, Oh my God, I got to put these in something <laughs> like wow. these fins are sick. You know, like I bet these fins go insane. They were these really cool keels. And you know, they, what is that technology? The G10, is that what it is? Yeah. Apex series fins, but yeah, it's made out of G10. Yeah. Apex series. Anyway, the fins are sexy. Um, so I was telling you about this Tim Pony Gillespie, which by the way, we were giving away on November 1st. Um, I randomly ran all those names through the minute. wheel. It's past November 1st. 
I know. So I put all the names in the wheel of names. It looks like the wheel of fortune thing. Wheel of names. You got to come up with a be- bigger. It's the website. Just, That's what the app I don't is care. called. That's not what it is. It's not the wheel of names. It's got to be something better, grander, okay. bigger. You pick. It's the spin. I'm going to think about it, but it's like, okay. it's like the spin of the cel- celebratory spin or the spin of the spin destiny. of something. Spin of destiny. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bada bing. Now you're channeling some Jack Black. Um, that's true. So anyways, I've got, that destiny. Board. I've got the board behind me. I picked the winner. He has not replied to my email quite yet. Uh, Spin again. Yeah. <laughs> S. Hicks, S. Hickson is his abbreviation for his name. So S. Hickson, if you're listening, reply to my email. Because if he How doesn't. How much time do we give him? How much It's a good question. It's a good question. Spin again. I need to get everybody riled up on this. Spin again. Come on, Hickson. <laughs> Um, so the, I mentioned it's a quad and we were talking about the quads two weeks ago. You mentioned the word positivity. You're like, yeah, there's a positivity. I always feel with quads. I heard what you said. I didn't really like apply it to my understanding, but I heard the words the very next session, those words rang true. Um, and so the way that I experienced it, and you can kind of confirm whether or not this is what you were talking about. It's a flow, like a, um, drive through turns. So if I was on, if I was doing a, even at, let's say a top turn on a thruster, there's a punctuation that I give to the turn in the last 10%, you know, just like a zing. And then you kind of hold that punctuation for a second and then go into the next turn. The quad doesn't allow me to do that punctuation. And instead it like accelerates through that into the, the next maneuver. So I would go and throw the turn like I'm going to, but it holds that last 10%. It holds. So I only give, let's say 80%, maybe it's not even 90, it's 80%. And then at that last 20%, there's an accelerating factor that then is going into the next maneuver. So there's a fluidity between all the turns from the beginning of the wave to the end of the wave. Yeah, that's pretty good. You kind of nailed it. Okay. Thank Um, you. The idea of there's, like with a, with a middle finned board, there's a moment in that turn that you describe where, and I forget exactly what you just, which phrase you used for the tri-fin, but basically you're slowing down a little bit through that top turn. And I'm, I'm being hypercritical. I'm not saying that, you know, it's a full stop. Or accentuate. Anything. Accentuate was the word, I think. Yeah, but without a center fin, you get acceleration and it's yeah. extremely noticeable in the roundhouse cutbacks, front side yes. and or backside. That's where you get speed in the back third of the turn. And yeah. you're like, wow, I'm going faster now than when I, when I started and or midway through the turn, whereas a middle finned board, usually you've got max speed right at the end of the middle part of the turn. Now yeah. I'm getting max speed through the back third of the turn. And exactly. it's, it's pretty positive. That's exactly positivity is the way you described it. And that's exactly what I felt. And yeah, you're right. It was a backside turn that I was thinking of, or when I first felt it anyways, where it was like driving off the bottom, cracking what I thought would then just go into kind of like a, you know, let it flow thing, let it kind of, I don't know, accentuate. And it didn't, it was just like my body, it kept going. And then my body kind of stayed more upright because of it. And before I knew it, I was in a bottom turn and I was like, Whoa, that had like a lot of energy through that, that I'm not used to feeling. Um, 
And then, yeah, I think it, it's actually better for my surfing almost like it forced me to kind of stay in control and positive throughout all of it. Um, and then that little epiphany, then it's like, I approach each wave differently. Now, now it's like, I'm going for the complete ride rather than trying to like flare out one turn. Um, so anyways, I love it. Well, I'm into look, it. That's the beauty of having a bunch of different boards and really it's sort of the journey that we go on when we have different boards. Like, like right now I'm totally involved in a center finned type of surfing. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm loving what this mid length, this two plus one mid length is doing for me right now. In six months, I might be so all about a five ten quad fin that's just got so much spark and has a sixth gear, you know, goes into a gear that's I've never felt before. And, you know, and, and this journey, these different feelings that we get from these boards as we try different boards and go through our surfing life is kind of, it's, it's fun. You know, the journey's fun, you know, and there'll be totally. another time when I'm like, I've actually been riding a longboard a lot on the smaller days, which I hadn't been riding a long time. And I forgot how much fun it is to nose ride, you know, I mean, it's just all cyclical, you know, and it kind of depends where you're at in the journey. Yeah, it really does. Um, I agree with doing it the way that you've been doing it though, where it's like commit to a board for a month at least, and really try to like go through the gears of that one board, um, which I've been doing since we've been doing these board giveaways. I want to give the board its due diligence, but without that purpose in my life, I find myself like, oh, I'll load three boards in the car. And then I go to the beach and I make a decision. I'm always just kind of, I don't know. I, I like having a purpose, you know? Yes, you have a board purpose. Good man. I do. I do. Whole my life is full of purpose now, Scott. I love it. Um, Austin so, is it Austin? It's Austin Lee. How do you feel about um, the anonymity of your child? You're, you've wanna, got sort I, of a. I would like to preserve persona, it, but believe it or not, I, I would agree with that. Preserve it. Don't you know? Maybe we shall never say his name again from the henceforth. Maybe I gave you a fake name. It is fake. This was a good move. We all know it's not really Austin. Um, I do know his real name and I won't give it up, although it is a tool from one of the aisles <laughs> at Home Depot. It, it's a great question, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, especially you and I touch on Facebook every once in a while. And when you realize all of the privacy that we gave up unknowingly or willingly, but not really understanding the implication of it, what it would be 10 and 20 years down the road, you want to kind of go back in time and um hide some of that stuff you know like the metaverse we already exist in the metaverse and all that we did was sign up for an account one time a long time ago you know what i absolutely despise facebook i know you're getting I, so deranged about I, it i hate it i think it's the worst on a bunch of different levels that i'm not even sure i understand but um I'm anti and, and I've got friends that aren't on it and I'm jealous. I'm just like, God, you're so smart for being digitally underground, you know, being remaining sort of analog. A buddy of mine came over with a flip phone the other day and I was just like, oh, my God, it was they like make, a gold Rolex watch. They make like a phone. Thing. Yeah, they make they make one that is just for phone calls and a couple of other little fundamental things. It's a modern phone. Um so it's not, doesn't have the antiquated, whatever tech of that flip phone. It actually has all the modern, everything you need, except. That's what this was. Okay. This was a new oh, okay. phone that he just went and bought at like, you know, Joe Blow's 
digital store, you know, like yeah. you get one in there because I want a burner. I don't want anyone to know the number yeah. but my wife. Right. And you can text, but it's like, yeah, you got to yeah, use yeah, like yeah. the PQR numbers. Like it's, exactly. it's old school still. And it's not connected to Wi-Fi is the key. No. Um, when there was, I forget during the election cycle and hacking and all that, um, the, I forget the exact name of the company, but the company that was collecting all the data, yeah. they did like an expose on the way they run their business. And they had on average 10,000 data points per American that they had just scraped off the internet. This wasn't like going in through some back door and getting your social security number. This was just things that most Americans had posted about themselves at some point or was publicly listed. And this company just created this spreadsheet and algorithm to collect all of it and store it and then use it to um, yeah. provide critical data to advertisers so well, that they I'm, can I'm advertise no to you and I. I'm no tech expert, but a lot of those 10,000 points of light, if you will, or points of darkness in this case, simply comes from the GPS that's associated yeah, with this. Of course. So they're just like, oh, this guy goes to Vons every Wednesday mm-hmm. to buy cream for his coffee. You know, like, yep. it's just ridiculous how much stuff they can start, start selling or start sending him advertisements for cream on Tuesday night so that we can sway as dollars, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it also, it wasn't, it wasn't just um, your digital footprint. It was actually facial recognition stuff that it was collecting. So of all the images, it then had this separate part of their business that was doing data recognition that was building out the, um, the data center essentially for, cameras to be able to be used for police departments. So they were doing these um, preliminary like beta tests with various police departments who would have security cam footage from a robbery or a murder or whatever. And it was just their their facial recognition software wasn't good enough to identify the criminal because it was like either a grainy camera or just like a partial part of their face. But they sent it to this tech company and the tech company's data was so sophisticated because of those 10,000 data points that they were actually able to identify stuff. And they were even going into uh, cold cases, stuff that they hadn't solved from 10 years ago. And they're like, here's the imagery we do have. And that tech company figured it out instantly and they're making arrests based on it. They're like, there's only one guy that has a chop up hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've narrowed it down. We found our man. <laughs> and the word chop hop had been identified this many times in this podcast. Oh, they triangulated Lord. the info. Um, well, so you can bring me up to speed if you'd like on things that have happened in the surf world in the last two weeks. I've yeah. got the big wave awards. I've got a couple of things, but. Yeah, that's actually kind of the, my lead is, is Peter Mal winning the um, ride of the year, you know, the Red Bull Big Wave Awards. That's sort of the big news. Um, so, you know, you and I, we heaped tons of praise on Peter, um, as we should, based on, you know, that ride actually made our list. Listeners might not know this, but David and I have a list of the most iconic waves ever ridden in the history of the world. And... Um, that wave's on the list, you know? And there's waves like Mike Hinson at Cape St. Francis and um, Brock Little's Waimea Bay Barrel and the Tom Carroll snap heard around the world at Pipeline and Laird Hamilton's Millennium Wave. But Peter Mel's uh, behind the bold paddling life changer Mavericks wave last year is um, the most current wave that's 
that's on that list. And that list needs to be trimmed down. But congratulations to Peter Mel. And um, look, there were some other winners as well, but that was the big winner. I'm curious to know how much did he win? I couldn't seem to find out how much he won. Do you know the number, the amount of money that he won? I do not. Um, is this the same? So this was the Red Bull Big Wave Awards. Is this the same award ceremony that used to be the XXL Awards? I believe it is, yeah. I believe it is too. So did you watch it? No. You didn't watch the ceremony. Um, no. Did you, so we talk about how subjective these things are. By the way, we can't even figure out how to measure a wave. So how are we going to identify who had the biggest wave, you know? And Pete's well, this was the uh, wasn't the actually the biggest. It was the ride, the ride of the year, of which year, is a little yeah. easier. I mean, that also is subjective, but it's a little easier for us to just say, you yeah, know, like weird. that's the it, ride of the year because it just looks yeah, like the ride exactly, of the year. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It, it is more subjective, but it's easier. It is, yeah. So undeniably, so what I was, the point that I'm kind of leading towards is, was were the results accurate and were they definitive? Can we all agree that this was the ride of the year? And most years I would say no. This was one year where Pete Mells was definitively the ride of the year by a long margin. Not to take away from Kai Lenny or the other guys, but Pete Mells was just freaking insane. Well, insane. You know what's, what's Everybody agrees. Kai Lenny would agree, you know? it's more than the ride of the year. That's why, you know, like that's like the ride, the best ride ever at Mavericks. So it's like the ride of the, of two decades or three decades. Yeah, the ride, you know yeah, what the I mean? The ride of the lifetime. Yeah. The, the best ride ever at Mavericks. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, that's my opinion. So it's, that's why it's so easy for everyone to go, Oh my God, because yeah, you know, he put in some time this year, maybe, but Pete Mel put in three, you know, he's put in 30 years or whatever it is, 25 years or more probably, I bet, yeah. God, yeah, I bet it's over 30 years of effort out there. And that's what it took to, to snag that thing and to do what he did. And for all the um, stars and in this case, data points to align. So pretty cool, man. Thir you know, it's epic. And he's 50. Yeah. 51, it says. Here. 51. So yeah. yes, the, all of that is true. I actually interviewed Pete after that happened and talked to him about it. And part of that, um, 30 years or whatever it's been, he avoids risk out there. Like he mitigates risk. So he's going to just go out there at 51, gotten a number of waves out here. I'm here to get a certain wave and I'm just going to wait for the right swell, not mess around on days that are windy, not mess around on the wrong day. I'm going to wait for the right swell. Then I'm going to sit in the exact spot that I know that wave is going to hit on the reef because I have 30 years of sitting around this reef and I'm just going to wait for this thing. And furthermore, I've ridden a bunch of different styles of boards. I know exactly what board I need. And I, I might be mistaken because I'm just trying to recall from memory. I think that board might have been a 10 6. It's a big board, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know a lot of guys that ride boards that big. Britt Merrick shaped it. And um, so he's on the right board, in the right spot, on the right day, on the right swell, way outside of where everyone else was sitting you know like he was on a position that just like he's further out and outside from where everybody else is because he knows that he wants to get that chip shot and just get barreled where everybody else is sitting so all of that comes into play 30 years of stuff you know that's awesome and it's incredible and um i mean pete deserves all of the kudos and um it's like i said it's 
you know, it's one of those things that it's like all of surfing. Like we could sit here and talk about it forever, but there's no amount of talk that does it justice. Like what he did yeah. was incredible, you know, and it's better to just watch the ride over and over again and go, oh my. And, it, and it's also one of those things where it's only a surfer knows the feeling. Like you got to be a surfer to understand how heavy it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my mom's not going to, you know, she, oh yeah, did you see the big wave? But, but when you're a surfer and you've, you've challenged yourself and I don't care if it's you're challenging yourself in three foot waves or 35 foot waves, you know, um, you understand that there's a, a limit to where you can go. And, and um, that's in this context, it's all, it's all obviously relative and, and you know, it's just, there's no putting it into words, no putting it in words. And here I am trying really hard. So there's a number of layers of that. There's no putting it into words from us talking about it, but if you were actually out there sitting on a boat, there's, that's a whole different level. Like you can't put that experience into words. Then if you're in the water paddling over those things, there's absolutely no way to compare that to sitting into the boat, in, in the boat, just watching from the shoulder or the channel. And then if you're actually paddling into that beast, like for Pete's point of view, then it's just, don't ever even talk about it. Just keep that memory to yourself. Don't degrade the memory by trying to rehash it. Like just relish in that thing, you know? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And it's great, obviously, that it was captured, captured in so many different ways. So Pete can kind of look at it and I'm sure he's dissected it personally oh, yeah. with him and his son and his dad a million ways from Sunday. And, um, and it's, it, you know, so my question is always like, what's next? You know, like, like, do you keep going? Like, can, you're not going to try to top that. Pete's 51, you know, like how many guys you know, are surfing Mavericks over 50, like, like has um, Grant Washburn, is he still out there? I don't know how old Grant is. I bet he's older than Pete. You know, is like Dave? that. Is, huh? uh, is Jeff Clark? Um, actually, is it Grant Washburn? No, wait, am I, maybe I'm mixing it up, mixing the names up, but who's the old salty guy that surfs out there all the time? Um, I mean, yeah. Grant Washburn. Yeah, Grant, yeah, Grant Washburn. Yeah. And then there was um, Doc Reniker, you know, like he's obviously not doing it anymore. Like there was, and then there was that guy, um, you know, what's his name that was in the movie? Um, uh, I used to surf against this guy in Longboard Contest. I can't believe I forgot his name, but he was featured in the movie Mavericks. He was like the old guy that showed the young guy how to catch the waves. Hmm. Um, Frosty. I, Frosty. Oh, okay. That's his name. Frosty. Like, Frosty's not out there anymore. My point is, like, Pete at 51, you know, he's got his wife going, dude, come on, just go surf. Just go surf Pleasure Point, bros. <laughs> There's a wave at the hook for you. Just go hang with the bros. <laughs> yeah. He'll know. He'll know when He'll, it's time. He will. Um, so we could actually do the exact same conversation on Justine DuPont's wave. Uh, she won the ride of the year for the women and it was a barrel at Jaws. It was a toe-in wave. So that yeah. makes it a little bit different. It was awesome. Um, but it's again, light years better than number two, number three, number four on that list. Like it's unequivocally the best wave of the year on the women's side. Um, it's a proper barrel. This is no pocket ride. This is as deep and gnarly of a barrel as we've ever seen at Jaws. Uh, I don't know about that. I'll, I'll pull back. What, if, on that what have you bit. seen? Well, Garrett's wave from a long time ago. I mean, I want to say maybe 15 years ago, that barrel that Garrett got, I remember it, was, it. He won, he won an award with that, right? It was mind-blowing. At the time, it was like the deepest. I mean, it might still be the deepest tube ever. 
at Jaws. Um, I'm gonna rewatch it right now. So you know I what can... I'm, you know which one I mean. I mean, it was a while Completely. ago. Yeah, it was it 2000. Was like, I feel like yeah. it was 2000. Or, yeah, like right around, like yeah, maybe 2000, early 2000 for sure. Yeah, Justine's not, is... not 2000 though. It was more like 2005 or something. So Justine's, I just rewatched it. We're gonna have to go back to back with those two rides. That would be and, good. I, and I Billy Kemper's, Billy Kemper's two or three that he's gotten out there are in the running as well. And his were paddle waves. Yeah, his were paddle, was, yeah. was Garrett's a paddle wave? No, it was a toe oh, wave. Garrett's yeah. was a toe wave. Yeah. Um, and it well, was just, one of those ones where you're like, he's gone. There's no way. Oh my God, you know what? This thing's funneling it. And he just got spat out and just went full Garrett out on the shoulder. I mean, that wave is just so perfect. It's crazy how big and perfect it is, you know? Yeah, which, which says a lot about Pete's wave at Mavericks too, because I mean, there's so many other the elements at Mavericks are just so gnarly compared to Hawaii. Yeah. I talked to Derek Dunphy. I'm going to publish a podcast with him this week. Um, and I asked him like, what's the gnarliest big wave in the world? And he didn't have an answer, you know? And, but for each spot, it has its own gnarliest in the world aspect to it. And so for jaws, he was saying it's the wind, you know, like that wind even when it's perfect, there's so much wind out there that the locals who surf it all the time, they know how to, like Billy Kemper, for example, they know how to use that wind to their advantage and paddle in to the chop at an angle that they're actually like driving off the chop to get into the position. Whereas Derek couldn't run that calculus in his head. So he ends up hitting the chop and getting pitched and stuff. And so, but then Mavericks on the other hand, has that pitching bowl that Pete Mel knows how to chip into and then benefit from, you know, whereas other guys might just be getting, they're paddling into the thing. They don't even see that bowl coming and they end up getting pitched on the takeoff or free fall dropping or whatever. So. Yeah, it's hard to, it's look, first of all, I've never surfed Mavericks. I've never surfed jaws. I'm never going to. So I don't pretend to be an expert, but just as an armchair quarterback, if we went side by side with these two waves, let's just start with the water temperature. It's obviously butt cold the Mavericks. So you got a massive wetsuit on. Now, Jaws, you do have to wear some flotation and stuff, but they wear that at Mavericks too. Let's then move to um, the power of the wave, the power quotient of the wave. Again, I can't speak to this. So let's just call that a toss up. Yeah, I'd say that's a toss up. Some, some might argue that Jaws has got way more gnarly. I don't know. Again, I'm just going to, because I don't know, let's call that a toss-up. Then let's talk about the wind. Um, look, when the wind gets to a certain place of Jaws, it's not paddleable. You don't paddle it because of the wind. Like they go, you know, like, but. But it handles more wind than Mavericks. Like the amount of wind that they're paddling, when they're still paddling, the amount of wind that it's getting is way more than Maverick. Mavericks would blow you know, out. What's interesting you know? too is <clears throat> I've heard, I think I heard Flea one time say that, that they like it when it's kind of onshore at Mavs because you can chip in, like it yeah. kind of pushes you into the wave, which would speak to Derek and, and, and what he was saying about the offshore wind being problematic. Yeah. Um, let's talk about undersea, undersea creatures. Um, All that as, opposed, as opposed to above the sea creatures. <laughs> let's talk about creatures under the water. I think that's and, a toss up. 
Is that a toss-up? There's probably I'd some say tigers, so. tiger sharks out in Jaws that we don't know about. I mean, it's called Jaws. <laughs> That's not why it's called Jaws. You got me. That was a dad joke. But anyway, so maybe it is a toss-up. Who knows, you know, but I would say that the cold water and the full suit kind of, and it's cold air temperature, kind of, those things are almost like you kind of have to double or triple the value that that brings to this equation. Like that. It's, I don't know, but the guys, you're not wrong, but guys thrive in that. Like for the Santa Cruz guys, that's what they're comfortable in, you know? So, but then, (laughs) but, but then forget about that. What about Nazare? You know, like, I mean, and Derek said that's the most scared he's ever been in his life. You and I look at it and we go, oh, that's a mush burger. Like it doesn't compare. Dude, the guys who actually surf it say, because there's no channel, you know, in a peak, yeah. you're, yeah, you're yeah. off the main peak, but then the yeah. one comes in from the north and you're just like stuck. It's like 40 foot beach break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really, truly 60 foot, 100 foot, you know? Yeah, and then foot beach break. What about Mullockmore? Well, here's the, before we go further here, let me say this. Those guys, because they're such a fraternity and such a tribe of the bros, but they're going to be hesitant to put one above the other because they don't want to piss off the different bros and the different little tribes. I'm not saying that's what Derek did, but I'm just saying in general, they all really like to kind of like love each other and not like kind of say one's better than the other, which is fine. So that's what our job is because we don't give a shit. Like we're not going to piss anyone off because nobody cares about us. And I'm never going to surf it. Hell no. So my point is, is that I think that I think that you could say that one of them is the gnarliest one in the world. And it very well might be Nazare. I, I don't know. It's weird. Nazare to me is like is like an outlier. Like you don't even really if you can't paddle it when it's at its biggest, then it's it's kind of like a different beast. I don't even know what to call it. Yes, the gnarliest. If you can't paddle it when it's at its biggest, that would be an argument for it's the gnarliest. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, you know, I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is you have to be able to paddle the wave. Otherwise, I don't know. See, I, the, I more like you, the more you self, talk yourself, yeah, I know. you're talking yourself into a pretzel. Like, I think Thank Derek's, you. I think Derek's right based on everything you just said, which is, each one is uh, gnarly. It has its own aspect of it that is the gnarliest in the world. And I mentioned Mullockmore. I mean, yeah. that wave to me looks scarier than all those other ones. If I really committed myself to big wave surfing, I would be inclined to surf Mavericks before Mullockmore. I would be inclined to surf Jaws before Mullockmore. I'd be inclined to surf Nazare. Is, is that because it's the left? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. well, it's more so, unpredictable. So it is a left and it's more unpredictable. And it's, I, it could be argued again, you and I don't know this because we've never surfed there, but from what I see, it looks shallower. Like yeah. at the moment it's a of slab. crucialness. Yeah, at the moment of crucialness, it's, you know, probably three feet deep. So it, it's a slab, like a long, a long slab, essentially. I don't even know what the name is. It's a long but- slab. It's like a long reef break. It's almost like Chopu that isn't perfect. Like it barrels like that. It's as thick as that, but without the perfection because it's not 
a coral reef, you know? Um, so that's a contender too. Like it's all gnarly and it all requires like the amount of dedication Pete Mel put to get that wave at Mavericks. He couldn't replicate elsewhere. It's unique to Mavericks. So to be a, uh, traveling big wave surfer, you're not going to dominate one spot. You're going to have your spot that you're the best at. Maybe you can kind of try to get waves at the other one, but there's going to be some local who's spent their life there. Who's going to have a one up on you. Tom Lowe. Yeah. It's, it's, it, there's also this, this thought that like as surfers, you know, we've been, it's been drilled into our brand since the very first issue of surfer magazine that we're in search of the perfect wave. And so when you look at it like that, jaws is the most yeah. perfect big wave. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. We can go to Mulligmore. We can find some hideous thing in Southwest Oz that like breaks on a negative tide and six inches of water and goes inside out and, vomits on itself but it's just not a very good way but yeah okay it's gnarly and it's 30 foot but really you know like so there's like do we put it within that context of of what's the most perfect 35 40 foot wave 60 foot wave certainly jaws wins out on the other side of this equation too is guys like derek every guy has had a bad situation at one of those spots like there's a guy who's almost died probably at mulligmore It'll be oh, like yeah. Mulligmore is the gnarliest, you know, in that same session, there'll be a guy who was surfing next to him. It'll be like internally, he'll be like, I almost died of Jaws. Or he'll be like, um, I'm raising my hand for Jaws being the gnarliest. So it's almost like wherever you have the heaviest situation, that's the one where you're individually leaning towards calling the heaviest wave. And so, you know, that throws a lot of wrinkles into the equation. Yeah, it really does. I want nothing to do with any of it. It's not even surfing to me. It's a totally different thing, you know? No, I was just riding like the most soft, crappy reef, windswell, yeah. gray, onshore, like, you know, with you know, like my experience is so far removed. Now, yeah. luckily, you know, back in my 20s, I did, you know, attempt to ride some pretty big waves with what, you know, nothing like what we're seeing these guys do, but, um, I've put in enough energy into it. You know, I've owned nine, six surfboards, you know, numerous times and gone to Puerto Escondido and rode those waves. And it's a young man's game. It's mind blowing that, um, well, I guess it's not a young man's game, right? Look at Pete, 51. And a lot of these guys like Twig Baker, I mean, Twig Baker has got to be in his mid forties. I bet he's getting close to 50. Easy, yeah, right? For sure. And um, Dorian, I mean, I think Dorian maybe has hung it up. I don't know, but- um, well. Even you, though, talking about Puerto Escondido, your goal is to get barreled. Like, and I guess those guys are getting barreled on Mavericks at Mavericks and Jaws now, but, and those girls. Um, but I understand that pursuit of yours because me surfing the local beach break, I want to get barreled. And so Puerto Escondido is just a more intense version of that. When I was growing up watching guys drop in at Mavericks, there was nothing relatable about that to me. My goal wasn't to go out at my local beach break and drop in straight down a wave and kick out, you know? So when I look at them doing it at Mavericks, I'm like, uh, that is crazy, but that doesn't look better than flaring the fins out to me. I'd rather just try yeah. to flare the fins out, you know? So yeah, I understand your, your pursuit to surf Puerto. That's it's, a good, it's a really good point because even when I was surfing at Toto's, <laughs> hey, little buddy. And I wasn't surfing massive totos. I was maybe surfing, shush, come here. I was maybe surfing 12, 15 foot totos, you know, maybe 18 feet on, on occasion. But 
my point is, is that I remember leaving those sessions kind of going, I didn't really get tubes, you know, I just kind of, right. I just kind of survived, you know, like, and yeah. to me, survival's not fun. I'm just, I wake up and try to survive, you know, like, I don't need to go ride waves and do that. Survival's important. It's not that it's, fun. It's super important, um, not fun. So interesting that you mention it because Paige Alms won the biggest paddle wave at Totos this year. Um, and I was surprised to see Totos even pop up in the conversation again. It's kind of fallen off my radar. Um, Kai Lenny won the biggest paddle wave for a wave at Jaws that I don't think I had seen previously. And that wave was remarkable. Um, and what's crazy about it is in the video clip, they show the wave before it breaking. So you get time to assess the wave coming in and where everybody is in the lineup, who's paddling for the wave, who's paddling over the wave. And by the time you realize Kai Lenny's position, you're like, holy cow, dude, he is, he is in a very precarious situation and there's waves out the back. If he didn't catch this wave, he would have been right in the impact zone to take one on the head, but he spins and goes late on the thing. So I thought that wave really highlighted Kai Lenny's just unbelievable talent that we really can't overstate. And a lot of what we see from him is toe He's surfing. He's the yeah. Greatest. Yeah, it's a lot funny, of what we I'm, see is I'm his toe surfing. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking to myself, I was, David, is it, would it be more important to you to be the greatest water person in the world or the greatest surfer in the world? Understanding that being the greatest water person in the world is going to involve surfing. Yeah. Basically, do you want to be Kai Lenny or John John or Gabriel or whatever? Um, yeah. I mean, I. And I don't mean. Um, at this point, I'm thinking like Kai. Yeah, and I, and I want to make sure that we're clear that we're not saying if you could surf like John John, because I'd rather surf like John John than Kai Lenny. But what I'm saying is if you would rather um, be not just necessarily respected by your peers, but internally know that you can do all of these different things at the yeah. highest level. I'll take that yeah. because that seems more fun. Like to be able yes. to just go anywhere in the world and ride anything and it really opens your horizons. I feel like the being the best surfer in the world thing is very myopic and totally. it might actually get old. Yeah. I mean, eventually, you know, you're going to find yourself at Waco trying to do aerials against some 14 year old girl and it's not going to be pretty, but you can be on a friggin' like a friggin' wing foil at some outer reef somewhere and just be whipping by yourself and just having the time of your life with a glorious backdrop of, verdant mountains and waterfalls and just like whales jumping i mean that yeah. guy's that guy's the bomb man he's yeah he's figured it out deal. he's figured it out so um those are the paddle winners biggest toe went to justine the aforementioned justine dupont um for the exact same wave i believe that she got the ride of the year the biggest toe for the men went to sebastian stutner from uh for wave that he rode at nazare uh, performer of the year for the women is Justine DuPont and for the men is Kai Lenny. I think those were foregone conclusions. Kai Lenny's name appears on every list multiple times. Uh, for every single category, Kai Lenny had multiple entries. So, of course, he would end up being the performer of the year. Unreal. Uh, should we take a bathroom break, Scott, and then come back? If you need to go, yeah, I'll take the break for you. Let's do it. Whoop! Whoop, whoop. 
Whoop, Hell yeah. Whoop.com promo code is the word surf. You get a free Whoop 4.0 strap and 15% off your membership when you use our promo code surf. 4.0. Like my age, 4.0. And what is Whoop, Scott? What does it mean to you? How has it affected your life? Well, Look, the Whoop 4.0 is really, for me, the best part about it is the sleep, like the ability to gauge my sleep, which I don't seem to be getting very much of. It does a lot of cool things, but for me, I, I really like, you know, it monitoring my sleep and where I'm at with that. And It's a digital fitness tracker. It is the most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The 4.0 version is. John John Florence uses it. Uh, Nathan Florence has been using it. And although it's a fitness tracker, it's really designed around the concept of recovery. And so it's important to not just monitor your exertion, but also monitor what's going on at night and how well you're sleeping and your body's processing all of that and recovering, and then apply it to your workout. Yeah. The 4.0 basically tells me, Hey, today's a recovery day, or today you can go full 110% or today, maybe just go 80%, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's, it's a powerful tool for People like me and you that are living, you know, aggressive lifestyles. The cool thing about the 4.0 strap is that it is smaller, sleeker. It is a biometric tracker. So it sits on your wrist, but it uh, is so small that it actually fits under your wetsuit. So you can wear it 24 hours a day. It um, measures skin temperature, blood oxygen, much, much more. All of that information gets sent to your phone. So the device itself doesn't have a screen. There's no buttons. There's no annoying notifications, but you can open up the app on your phone and it has all of your vitals, super important information that you could then share with a physician, a coach, a personal trainer. It's just automatically collecting that data 24 seven, whether you're working or sleeping. So whoop.com is the website W H O O P. And then use our promo code, which is the word surf, and you will get 15% off your membership and a free whoop 4.0 strap. Right on whoop 4.0. Whoop.com promo code surf. David, today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. Use athleticgreens.com slash surf. To support us, David, you and I, and get one year of vitamin D immunity boost for free. Everybody needs immunity boost, uh, especially going into the winter months, by the way, less exposure to the sun, that vitamin D would help. Um, and again, my life has only gotten busier and busier. I got a kid on the way. Unless I map out, nutrition is the very first thing to suffer. And then everything else suffers as a result, including my mood, my work, my surfing. So AG one is the new formulation by athletic greens. And, uh, it is the simple solution in one scoop. AG one is the category leading superfood product. It's comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition designed for everyone, regardless of age or activity level. And David, my kitchen's been getting torn up and I tell you what, my nutrition is lagging and thank God they sent me the new AG one by athletic greens. I'm super stoked on it. Take a bunch of pills and capsules that's hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with. But if you use AG1, it simplifies nutrition by giving you the one thing with all the best things. AG1, David. Yeah, the one scoop, it's a powder that you just mix with water, but the one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. Fills the nutritional gaps in your diet, aids with 
gut health, digestion, supports a healthy immune system. It effectively replaces all those pills that you were talking about that are actually hard on your stomach. And it's just in one healthy eight ounces mixed with water. And David, it's dairy-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly, contains less than one gram of added sugars, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. Use our portal, athleticgreens.com slash surf to support our show, support David and Scott, and improve your health at the same time. I am sold, Scott. I'm on it. I had it every day. In fact, here it is right here, the AG1 new container with the powder inside. I don't want to make a mess, so I'm not going to tip it that much, but I had mine this morning. And again, you'll get a one-year supply of immunity-boosting vitamin D liquid drops uh, that you just add to your AG1 powder and eight ounces of water, and it covers all of your nutritional needs needs for the day. It's a 20-second commitment every day to optimize your health, athleticgreens.com slash surf. All right, we're back, Scott. Um, So there's a couple of other things. The van triple, the van's digital the digital vans vans triple digital crown digital i don't know uh the digital triple crown of serving returns to the north shore this december uh we started this last year because of covid and it's basically takes place at all three of the same historic venues holly eva sunset and pipe surfers submit their rides online they have a one month window i think it's yeah four weeks December 21st through January 21st to collect clips, submit them on the website. I think it's Vans triple crown of surfing.com and um, anybody can win. This is the great thing about this. Do you want me to get this dog? Is this dog bothering you? I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's going to go for 20 minutes, get him. But if he's going to stop, no big deal. Let me bring him inside. Okay. Because there's a gardener out there. Oh, gotcha. Vans digital triple their crown of surfing. Go. Yeah. So, anyways, listeners, we'll we'll cover it as people start submitting rides, but that's something to look forward to. Um, I'm curious, did you watch Chloe Andino's opus, Reckless Isolation? I read about it. I didn't watch it. I want to watch it. I've actually had Indo on the brain myself. I've been thinking about going um off season, but Tell me about it. I read all about it. It seems like it was a cool thing. He, he threw a bunch of dough at it. Him and a bunch of his friends went on a boat trip in Indo during COVID and scored really good waves basically by themselves. And they all filmed the shit out of it. And then he bought all the footage and he put together an incredible movie with a really good soundtrack. And he got a bunch of uh, merchandise together and decided to take this film on the road and they traveled around and they basically showed this film every, you know, a lot of cool places and they gave away the merch to kids and guys like me that are looking for free merch. It was like a big, um, kind of like, Hey, I haven't left, man. Check out me and my friends absolutely killing it. And I imagine, you know, just on based on the fact of the talent that they got together and the waves that they got, that the footage is mind blowing. It's a throwback to a traditional way to um, boost one's profile, to stoke out the community, and to uh, release a film and tour a film. So it's about 45 minutes in length. I was going to call it our must-see moment two weeks ago, but I instead gave it to Justine DuPont for that ride at Chopu, where that bodyboarder gets um, 
yes. thrown over the fall, tries to burn her and then gets thrown over the falls, instant <laughs> karma style. Um, and, but the Chloe thing is actually a more worthy must-see moment because of the amount of effort that went in. So I watched the film back then a couple of weeks ago. I think it's fantastic. It's, I think the reason why you haven't watched it, if I had to guess, is that it's a 45 minute surf film, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's not that. I'm, okay. I'm down. I'm down to watch it. You know, okay. it, I just, I've been kind of out of it. Like I, okay. I haven't been, I've been busy. Yeah. Well, I'm putting together a guitar show, David. Headstock That's, Guitar Lovers Festival. See my shirt there, bros? I thought it was a soccer jersey when you first got on. No. To look like that same kind of material, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Lasso, eat your heart out. So, <laughs> um, so the idea, the Kaloe kind of bucked the trend in this respect of doing the 45-minute film, committing all the resources to it, and then also touring the thing. So not only was touring not possible because of COVID. And this was kind of the first foray back into social gatherings, but it was also not the trend for a very long time. Just, you know, like people just don't, they just release the films online basically. But as a result, uh, it was tremendously successful. Everybody, it seemed that everybody was eager and ready to get back together. They centered these tours around surf shops. So there was a kind of um, focus on the local, the grassroots surf community vibe to it. As you mentioned, Kaloe printed a bunch of merch. So part of the marketing for this film was merch that goes with it, posters and all that sort of stuff. Kaloe actually wrote under, uh, wrote that for $40,000 and then gave all the merch away for free. Did not sell a single thing. He also financed the film to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars. So the surf trip, buying all the footage, doing the post-production, licensing the music, all of it. It's a tremendous effort. And so the article that you're referencing talks, which was done by Sam McIntosh interviewing Kaloe on stabmag.com. He talks about Kaloe's contract is up for negotiation. So he was with Hurley for all these years. Hurley's probably not going to renew because of their, you know, selling the company and all that. And um, it turns out there's a bidding war and they couldn't really go into details about who it's between and what the numbers are. But because Kaloe was an Olympian, he's um, boosted his profile through this latest effort it's now at a perfect time for this bidding for when he needs to renegotiate his contract. Yeah, who do you think so, it is? Well, interestingly, Sam mentions Quicksilver and Billabong in the article. He yeah, only met, he only mentions them to say, Hey, these are both owned by the same yeah, company that's now. What that's what I'm saying. How can you bid against yourself? Cause those are the two that I thought of. I go, but they're not going to bid against each other. It goes against the interest of the, final bottom well, line you know. well they might be bidding against somebody else and then deciding which brand you know uh goes with them because i guess billabong, Guaranteed well, billabong, billabong. billabong has griffin already do they need uh, chloe it's the same town the same style of surfing the same demographic that's a, that's a good point the other thing to consider is chloe is married and he has a kid on the way so would they you know who wants to market patagonia demo? patagonia they wouldn't be in a bidding <laughs> no, war. They're I not going to pay the premium. You know? No, know. So then Quicksilver becomes a question because, you know, they're not strictly youth. They're not strictly marketing to youth. Um, I mean, could it be 
I mean, the big brands, O'Neill, Rip Curl. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 and what's the bidding war look like? Like, what is the number? Like you said, a premium, like, what are we talking? 150 grand a year? No, I think he was making a million previously. I'm not saying what he was making. I'm saying what's the market going to bear? What about the idea of Red Bull taking over as main sponsor for him? Because they're, they're already that behind makes him. tons of sense. Yeah. So it would be a bidding war between a clothing company and one of these other lifestyle companies like Red Bull. My question to you was going to be, is Red Bull quietly taking over? Like, I just asked you, hey, the XX, is the Red Bull Big Wave Awards the same thing as the XXL Awards? You're like, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. They did it quietly. There was no, there was no overt, like, because it's kind of ostentatious or, I don't know, gaudy to step into a space, spend a ton of money and be like, hey, we're here now. We're taking over everything. But they've quietly done it by paying their athletes more than anybody else is willing to pay them. So Julian Wilson's psyched out of his mind. Kyle Lenny's psyched out of his mind. And then also, so then funding this film. So they're not just potentially in a bidding war for Kaloe, but they're actually behind the film. And by the way, not funding it, Kaloe funded it, but they're um, uh, distributing it. Yeah, offsetting costs and distributing it. They actually got behind the tour. So they hired a number of people to help him run the tour, find the venues and all that security, whatever, all sorts of whatever goes with that. And it's available on Red Bull for free, you know? So um, I think maybe what pops up is maybe, maybe it's Vans too. Vans. I'll I'll close it. Thank you. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Did you, Vans maybe? Maybe yeah, I mean, that'd Vans, be interesting. Vans in the equation, like, or, but because the stab article mentioned, yeah, you know, something we've all known is that look, all these companies, for whatever reason, are going to market to youth, you know, and so yeah. is Chloe out of the equation because he's like, he's now he's a dad, which yeah. is really fucking sad. She's my f bomb, but it's really lame that surf companies are still have that sort of paradigm. You know, but I surf guess companies are limited in their understanding. And that's why a lot of them, have, you know, no offense, filed BK and the, a lack of diversity is kind of what it comes down to. You know, if you have in the boardroom, in all the decision-making rooms, a diverse board, then you start marketing and catering content and product towards a diverse clientele. And the surf world had actually maxed out who they were selling product to surfers, you know, and people who want to be surfers or look like surfers. And that is a limited number. They hit a glass ceiling. They had no idea how to pivot or how to adjust. And the companies that have turns out have thrived, you know? And so Viore, maybe it could be somebody like Viore. No chance, dude. They don't have the budget. How do you know? They just got massive funding, Viore. Did they? Yeah. Google. Do they want to buy podcast advertising? (laughs) (laughs) My point is, is like, there's probably something that were massive missing. funding, massive funding. Just say massive funding a bunch of times, and the algorithm will kick in. The data points will line up. I mean, um, massive for a small brand or massive? You know, massive, like awesome quantities. <laughs> massive <laughs> meaning I'm going to see their ads on Instagram, or massive they're going to be, you know, supporting NBA Let's players. Kind I, of I just saw it. I just saw it, and I'm going to look. 
I got, you know, like last week or something, I saw that they got some new funding. I'm going to just Google, but there's probably a brand that we're not thinking about. Oh, that, I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. That's blowing up. Like, but Red Bull's a great, a great call. Red Bull's the one that makes. Um, okay. So here's, here's a, here's an article from retail dive. It says v Viore. Am I even saying that right? Viore. I have no idea. Viore doesn't need the 400 million. It just raised. How founder, Joe, how founder Joe Cudla approaches scale and profitability. So thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. Yeah. 400 is massive. Yeah. Congrats. So, um, I mean, are they, cause, cause here's the deal. They sponsor Taylor Knox and Rob Machado. Yeah. See, I thought those guys maybe the were involved they're in the company. In the space and their dads with yeah. kids, like teenagers. I mean, it's right. athleisure. Athleisure is a huge league yeah, category. Yeah. yeah. And that's all yeah. we are. That's really what you and I are. I mean, perfect. You, know. you nailed it. That's exactly who they should be getting is Kaloe because he's younger than those guys that you mentioned. Yeah. He's and got he's 15 still, years. And he's still on the ascent. Yeah. He's on the ascent. He'll, and even when he plateaus, he'll just be getting to start be doing yoga and, yeah. and taking the kids to the ball game and blah, blah, blah. Boom. Done. We solved this for everybody. Congratulations, Viore. We got somewhere Viore, for you to spend Chloe, your money. You're welcome. Uh, and we'll bill you for this campaign Just, later. You know what? Some uh, free yoga pants. By the way, somebody once told me, they go, what's the greatest invention in the history of mankind? Somebody said the wheel. And then somebody said fire. And somebody said, nope, yoga pants. And it's hard to argue with that. Why? They feel that nice on you? I got a pretty good dad joke for you. You ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. A band of circus performers come together and attack you, David. What do you do? I have no idea. You go for the juggler. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I good. shouldn't have laughed. I shouldn't have laughed at that. That was an um, insincere chortle is what that was. It was very insincere. So the other interesting tidbit that I got out of that article yeah. was... Chloe sober. That was weird. That was weird. Like it was placed in a weird spot and it seemed like Chloe didn't really even, I don't even know why it was brought up, but he was basically saying, Hey, yeah, I'm sober, but I don't drink anyway. So it's kind of like, Hey, if you were never a drunk, why are you raising your hand and saying you're sober? Uh, because it can be inspirational or aspirational to youth. I mean, are you sober? No. All right. <laughs> what, what is that? My point is, it doesn't I, fucking I, matter. Nobody cares. Well, it does. I, I care. I thought it was interesting because I think it it will affect his performance as a competitor. It'll affect his mindset. I think it's just interesting. Yeah, but it suggests that he was on some sort of bender. Uh, I didn't think it suggested that. And he even said, I was never on a bender. That's I never had point. a problem. That's why I thought it was weird that he had to like, throw this caveat around it, the conversation that, oh, by the way, well, I'm sober, but I never had a problem anyway. Well, maybe it's you're, like, maybe like the word, maybe I'm the vegan. word sober is the problem. See, I'm interested in that too. Anytime anybody talks about like this week, uh, Gabriel Medina revealed he's vegan and John, John, or he's a vegetarian anyways, John, John and Kelly are vegan. Those are interesting things to me. I want to know why I want to know how it's affecting them. And so I think maybe sober is the triggering word here because Kolohe, 
he's he's choosing not to drink, you know? And so yeah. that'd be one thing for oh. Chloe to be like, look, here's my dietary regimen. And yeah. part of it is I avoid alcohol because I didn't like the way, and he says, yeah. because I didn't, it was making me, um, I yeah. didn't like the way that I felt the next day. And that's, that's important. Yeah. That, that's so why that, I was confused. Cause the word sober suggests that you went on like a three month bender right. and you lost your life. Right. No, Chloe explicitly and it, said and you're that right. that did not yeah. happen. And you're right. He did go, Hey, I don't even like using that word. And that's why I'm like, why'd they use the word then? Yeah. Well, I, but I did like hearing it. You know what I mean? I liked yeah. hearing that Chloe is I mean, making no all, ever, all the decisions towards his personal health and well-being. Right. And no one ever for, no one ever once thought, Oh, Chloe's blowing it. You know, like that's never come into the equation. Like that, like yeah. that's not a part of who he is. I've always thought that he was a hundred percent professional at all times. I'm sure he is. I, I think it's okay to normalize the conversations. And I think that it's good for kids to be able to read that article and see that Chloe made that decision before yeah, he had I to agree. reconcile any, you I, know, yeah. confront any issue in his life. Yeah, um, helmets, Mikey C. Helmets. Did you read this article? Yes. I, I wouldn't have even brought it up except for the fact that I had just talked to Derek Dunphy. And a lot of that conversation is about concussion uh, concussions because he's the old, the reality is he, so he suffered from them. And the reality is once you identify this stuff, it's too late. Like to wish that you could take back your youthful bravado because you might not be able to have a conversation with your grandkids in the future or tell them the stories about your youthful bravado is a very, very scary prospect. And so, uh, Mikey C on, again, on stab is doing a couple of articles where he's talking about wearing a helmet now because he had a minor incident that turned out to be significant surfing in Costa Rica where he tried to do a fin and he knew or tried to do an air and he knew he wasn't going to land it. So he kind of kicked his board out and the leash rubber banded it back at his head, lacerating his head. And he thought that was the extent of the injury. And then it turned out he started suffering these other effects, long-term effects, uh, because of the head trauma. So now he's wearing a helmet, not just in big waves, not just in barreling waves, but he's kind of wearing it now all the time. What are your thoughts on this, Scott? What are your thoughts on wearing a helmet? And have you ever suffered a head trauma while surfing? <laughs> I don't think I've suffered head trauma while surfing. I think I would know it. And no, yeah. I haven't. Good. Um, as you may or may not be aware, I wore a helmet for years. I remember um, you telling me. Probably from like 2003 to, I don't know, I forget the years, but a solid five or six year run where every single session I wore a helmet. And that's one of the things that I find interesting here is this idea that they sort of throw it out there. I'm trying to find it because I was reading this before we went online. And there's something here about I wear a helmet when it's gnarly, which in my opinion, if you're going to wear a helmet, you got to wear a helmet. Like, like something could happen to you in two foot waves. You know what I mean? Like you can get head trauma in two foot waves. Yeah. And so, in fact, one of the reasons that I stopped wearing a helmet, which is sort of silly, was that at one point I would go surfing and there, my helmet would be in the back of my truck and I wouldn't put it on. And I'm like, if I'm not going to put that thing on, then I'm just going to get rid of it. You know, like how silly does it look when you've actually got the helmet in your truck, but you don't wear it and you get a yeah. head injury, you know, like, so I feel like if you're going to go all in on the helmet, you should go all in hundred percent. 
but look, it's, it's, it can be uncomfortable. It's a little bit, you know, it sort of constrains you a little bit. You don't get to do the hair flip, which I'm really good at. There's a lot of, you know, and when it's hot and warm and tropical, it feels good. Not, you know, a lot of reasons to not wear one. I'm advocating for it. I think it's become commonplace on the mountain when you're skiing and snowboarding. And when I was a kid, it very much wasn't. Um, and I could see the same thing happening in surfing, maybe a little bit slower in surfing, but I could see the same thing happening. And I think that's a good thing. Um, there was, I think we talked about it. There was a girl named, uh, Becca speak who hit her head on in a wave pool, I think in Waco and her speech, she had to relearn how to talk. Like she was posting Instagram videos. This is a professional amateur. Like she's sponsored by Billabong. I think she was 14 or 15 when she hit her head. And then she's taking to Instagram, stuttering, slurring her speech, not being able to form sentences. And it's like, it's not worth it. Protect against that at all costs, you know? And Mikey, again, his injury wasn't in big barreling waves. It wasn't hitting a reef. It was something that could have happened to anybody. And he's a great surfer too. So I'm more and more inclined. There's a guy named Pat Martino, who's a jazz guitar player who just passed away. And he had, um, he had a situation where he had to have brain surgery. And when he came out of it, he'd completely forgotten and couldn't even play guitar. He was a master of jazz guitar. Couldn't play it at all. Didn't even know how to, didn't even know, you know, didn't have the memory like this young lady you mentioned. This guy came back relearned how to play jazz guitar from scratch so he learned how to play jazz guitar as an expert twice how long did it take him the second time i don't have all the ins and outs if you google pat martino jazz guitarist he just passed away there's a bunch of really great obituaries and stories about him because he was a legend in the jazz guitar world unbelievable yeah um well i'm advocating for it get yourselves a helmet um what else? I got must-see moment. I've got a Duke. What else you got, Scott? I happened to catch like five minutes of Kelly Slater doing a live chat with some doctor about, about all sorts of health stuff. Like, like they were talking about doing, um, you know, like colon cleanses and they were doing some deep dive discussion. Him and Kelly just randomly like calls the guy up and sets up a thing with some doctor that he's interested in and just starts talking to him. And it's like, Kelly Slater's live, you know, and I just happened to click on it. I didn't watch it for too long because as is the nature of these things, when they're not, you know, well thought out, they can bog down in stuff that you're not interested in. But, and that's certainly not my musty moment, but I thought people should know that Kelly went live with a interesting discussion for a little bit on, on like gallbladder cleanses and colon cleanses and, you know, all of this weird stuff. Seemed like they were trying to sell a book in there somewhere. Or he's trying to, I feel like, um, create a little more awareness for his anti-vax campaign. I think yeah, that's that could be part it of it is. too. I think that might be why I clicked on it. Cause I was like, what's he up to, you know, he's trying to deepen the conversation because if he just leaves a comment on, um, an Instagram post somewhere, when is it's he going, learn? I don't know. <laughs> so he does, he leaves a comment like saying, Hey, I'm a pretty healthy person. I would like that to be considered. 
when policies are being made. That's essentially what he says, right? Yeah, right. And then everybody's just like, F you, you should yeah. get back, protect everybody else, you know? And he's I hope like, you ah. fall off the flat earth, mother. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think Kelly's probably trying to deepen that and broaden the conversation a little bit and explore yep. what actual immunity yep. looks like, you know? I um, found it fascinating. He's, he's like a super athlete, superhuman. you know, like the bottom line is, is that, that 99% of the population are fat slobs that eat at McDonald's and smoke cigarettes. So, and that's who policy is being made for, by the way. Ex- well, exactly. No, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And that's what he has said essentially was like, that's fine. Create uh, programs for those people, but don't necessarily make me abide by them when I've done everything in my life to that was centered around fitness and health and well-being. Yeah. Um, which I'm not taking a stance on, but I think it's interesting. Like, so, well, here's what's interesting, right? Yes. Kelly, I admire him for all those reasons, and I yes. actually listen to what he says and take it into consideration for all of those reasons, because he's a superhuman and he's done superhuman things. And he's, he's research. Yes, but he's also never been told no for the last 35 years. (laughs) And he, you know what I mean? And he, and he, um, runs in a circle of people who have also not been told no, who have all this access to like a very kind of premium version of whatever. And so you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt or there is that caveat built in and it's like, he's going to speak extra freely and he's going to speak extra. He's going to act like an expert on these things. He has researched it, but his version of research, I mean, the guy didn't finish high school, right? He didn't go to college. So like his version of research isn't necessarily as dogged and vetted maybe as you know, an actual academic. So there's all these caveats that go with it, but I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to try to force it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, um, I know that his, that he's sincere about what he's doing and he's into it and he's doing more than most. And, um, can I call it the greatest, um, research in the world or or some of the people that he listens to? Maybe not. I, I don't know, but I appreciate the fact that he's, he's trying, you know what I mean? He's not like sitting back and just going, yeah, the earth is flat. Deal no. with it. How? Yeah, he's. Yeah, go. Well, what I was going to suggest to you is that. Um, he. I do find myself going, shit, maybe I should try that. Like, I do yeah. kind of buy into it a little. Of bit. course. Well, let me say this. And I, I'm not an epidemiologist, so I don't know what I'm talking about, which is maybe what we should start calling this podcast. But. Um, if Kelly got COVID and he was fine, he's so healthy, you wouldn't even know it, but he's carrying it. He can pass it on to one of his loved ones who's maybe is eating McDonald's and smoking cigarettes or already has health conditions. And he doesn't even know that he gave that person. So it's not about you, Kelly. It's about the person you're about to give it to. We know you're going to survive, but we're asking you to get the vaccine. Now, maybe I don't know, because maybe the vaccine doesn't matter anyway. If you're going to get it, you can still pass it with the vaccine. See, that's where I don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to Which shut is, up now. In fact, well, no, segment. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, it's interesting because uh, w- that's why Kelly needs to be careful of what he says is because he has tremendous influence. You know, when you have that many people following you, it's like people do take 
like you said, you hear what he says and you go, Hey, maybe I should consider that. And you're pretty discerning and you're running your own calculus. And there's just so many people that aren't, they're just like, Oh, he's got 11 world titles. I agree with him, you know? So, and I, I think he is aware of that, but you know, he still wants to share information about Kelly Slater. hundred percent of the time he pulls off a dry hair paddle out. Cause he has no hair. <laughs> Another dad joke. Coming at you. On fire. Boom. All right. Well, hey, my must-see moment is Chapter 11's new installment. It's the 12th installment, so let's call it Chapter 12. Um, I I mean, look, I I feel like every time they drop a video, I call it my must-see moment. It is. It's relatable to me. They're surfing Southern California all the time. They're wearing wetsuits and booties, and they're surfing marginal surf, and they're absolutely killing it. So it's Dane Reynolds' um, production company featuring the local youths and uh it's epic so chapter 11 is chapter 12 by the way speaking of surf content did you receive i got an email from a guy i think his name's jeff but i need to check and i apologize addiction magazine a new print surf magazine out of southern california called addiction magazine i haven't looked through it it has arrived in my mailbox my wife i think flipped through it i need to look at it I'm just wondering if you, they reached out to you, if you've seen this. And what are your thoughts on a print magazine? I don't think I've received this. Um, I'm behind on email because of the events of my life this past week. I don't think I received it. And I'm in support of print. I mean, don't print for the sake of printing. You know, we don't need more of that just kind of waste. And don't do it if you think you're going to make money off of it, because I think that's been proven to not work. And even the companies like, I mean, maybe Surfers Journal is making money, but um, Surfing World is still printing. And I'm distributing that, by the way, through the US. Sean Doherty sends me a pack and then I distribute them through the website, but so that he doesn't have to ship individual units from Australia to the US. But even that, I don't think he's making that much money on. You know, it's kind of a break even proposition. It's to keep the legacy going, it's to support the surf industry. So if you, yeah. I got into a deep conversation with a guy that's in, <clears throat> that's in surf content world. And he questions why anything's even in print anymore. And I mean, online, like, why isn't everything just video? Because that's what, that's what we're doing. We're watching videos. We're watching YouTube. We're watching. I'm reading. I mean, I read stuff. Well, I'm not saying you don't, I do too, but I'm saying, what if, what if it was just all video like would you would you engage i'd be forced if, if every it was all single video, i'd be stab, forced to watch it but if every single then, stab thing was video no I words i don't want that i want words michael saying telling you first what's of all up. no i dismiss this premise entirely uh stab couldn't afford to do it like <laughs> it doesn't matter like, about cost I'm yes it does about, matter cost well, no the no world. but i want to say cost let's i just want to know would you support no content that had no print. No. The, so certain things Why? are best in video format. Certain things are best in podcast format. Certain things are best in written format. What's and best so written? give me an example. Uh, uh, um, how about Jack yeah. Kerouac's on the road? <laughs> the Bible. Let's start there. Let's start about, with the Bible. I'm talking about surf content. Oh, um, Michael Ciamarella's article about wearing a helmet. You wouldn't rather just have him tell you about it, talk no. to you about it. No. no. 
I want to scan it at my own pace. I want to be able to go back and read things. I want to reference things. There's plenty that's best in, in uh, better in print. Um, So back to your addiction magazine thing. Yes. I'm open to it. I mean, writing has value like uh, prose has value. So if he's got great writers and they have great imagery, I think that's great to have in a print format. So I'm curious to see it. Yeah. Let's make a note to discuss this new magazine next episode. You make the note. (laughs) (laughs) You're the guy that likes print. (laughs) Type it on your computer. You're the one who prints your notes off the printer. I can hear the printer working (laughs) in the background. You go over and grab it and hold it up next to your screen while we're talking. You could just have your notes function open on your screen. Um, There they are right there. So my dude... (laughs) My Duke, I feel like we've touched on her a couple of times, but I'm going to make it official. Justine DuPont's my Duke. Justine DuPont has been at it for so long and all around the world, all around the world. She shows up at Nazare. She shows up at Chopu. She shows shows up at Jaws and she's barely, barely getting her due. Barely, you know, and I feel like she's just dominating to almost to the level that Kai Lenny's dominating on the men's side. And she just kind of gets a, a casual reference every once in a while. So let's make it official, Scott. Justine DuPont, Duke of the Year. Bam. Nailed it. And I will say this too. The, I don't know Justine, but I, the sense I get is that she would be doing it with or without any notoriety. She's just doing it because she loves it. That's the sense I get. She's committed. Committed. Fully committed. Damn. All right. Well, look, great show. You're a new father. You've got a dad joke. We've talked a lot. I'm not sure what we've really said. I think there's some value in it, but more will be determined. So, David, until next time, adios and aloha, my friend. Oh, by the way, Headstock this weekend, Headstock Guitar Lovers Festival down in Point Loma. Don't miss it. GuitarLoversFestival.com. David, adios and aloha.
And don't forget to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash surf. That's linkedin.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.